energy surrounds us and binds us. Hey everybody and welcome back to Carbonite Convos. Uh, today's show will be about Emperor Palpatine aka Darth Sidious and his willingness to replace his current apprentice um, should someone new come along that is that is stronger than his current one. So in the Old Republic, the Jedi have proved that the connection between Master and Apprentice is a bond not easily broken. Um, whether it be Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan and Anakin, Anakin and Ahsoka, or any of the other countless duos throughout the Jedi Order, the Jedi were forbidden from forming any, any such attachments. However, the same cannot be said for the Sith. Throughout Star Wars canon, Emperor Palpatine proved many times how little he thought of his apprentices. In a conversation with Vader, Palpatine described the dark side as strength. In his eyes, if someone came along that was more powerful and could defeat Vader, then that is who he wanted at his side. Emperor Palpatine rarely missed an opportunity to upgrade in terms of who his apprentice was, never hesitating when a new and powerful one came along. This can first be seen in the Clone Wars, during a stunning battle between Darth Sidious and Darth Maul in Savage Opress. Maul, in hopes of returning to Sidious' side, shows him what he's accomplished since his assumed death in the Phantom Menace. Surprised that Maul had survived his injuries from this failure at the hands of Obi-Wan, Palpatine saw Maul and Savage as rivals. After killing Savage, in his sinister voice, Palpatine exclaims, Remember, the first and only reality of the Sith, there can only be two, and you are no longer my apprentice. You have been replaced. The next instance comes at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith after Anakin and Obi-Wan's brief battle against Count Dooku. On his knees at the end of two lightsaber blades, Dooku hears Chancellor Palpatine tell Anakin to kill him then and there. Anakin, visibly torn, argues that killing Dooku while he's unarmed is not the Jedi way. Then, followed by arguably Palpatine's most famous line, Do it. Palpatine showed no remorse having Anakin kill his current apprentice without hesitation. Finally, fast-forwarding to Marvel Comics canon comic Vader, Palpatine, now Emperor, once again shows that he has no intention of keeping any apprentice if a stronger one comes along. In this comic, we meet Silo Four, a humanoid doctor who cybernetically enhanced himself into an immortal system capable of assuming another body when he, the previous one died. Silo Four is hired by the Emperor to train a group of cybernetically enhanced individuals to challenge Vader's position at Palpatine's side. Vader found out about this plan after killing Silo Four and traveled to the far reaches of space to hunt down the individuals that Sidious thought were worthy enough to replace him. This is where Vader meets Silo Five and discovers the full power of Silo's cybernetic system, while also coming face to face with Silo's apprentices. Shortly after Palpatine arrives and orders Silo to show him the power of these cybernetic apprentices, Vader emerged victorious, but with a new understanding that his master has every intent to replace him, should someone stronger present themselves. The comic scene ends with a short speech from Emperor Palpatine. The dark side is strength. If they defeat you, they are stronger. If you defeat them, you prove you are. This is the way of the Sith. I named you Vader after you pledged yourself to the Sith. You proved yourself worthy of it then. I'm certain you will prove yourself worthy now. In the end, there can only be two, and Darth Sidious is determined to have the strongest apprentice at his command. So, uh, so Alec, what are you? What are some of your initial thoughts? Uh, you know, man. First and foremost, I think it's uh, it's really interesting uh, looking at the importance of obviously, you know, how important Emperor 
Palpatine is to the entire story arc, right? Um, and his willingness to want to replace his apprentice, who we probably view as you know one of, if not the most powerful Sith or Jedi um, of all time, and the fact that Palpatine was trying to replace him, but the fact that Vader kept you know beating these challengers and people trying to take a spot, um, I thought just you know it was really really interesting. Definitely, I think. Uh, one of the most interesting parts is if you watch the original trilogy, you watch it and you see the Emperor starting in Empire Strikes Back, but you see the relationship at between Palpatine and Vader. You see pretty much nothing but respect, it seems like. Uh, obviously, it's Master and Apprentice, so there's that that power balance between the two, but you don't really realize the complexity of their relationship until you read the comics, until you read some of these books, and you realize that, like we just, like we just talked about in the story, that Palpatine was 100% willing to dump Vader if he had anybody even slightly stronger than him. So it's kind of hard to believe that Palpatine worked in the shadows for how many, however many decades he was working, like like training Anakin in a way um, to be his apprentice for him to just pretty much be willing to ditch him whenever, whenever he, he chose if, if someone slightly stronger came along. So that's one of the things I found like most interesting about the relationship that you don't really realize before uh, until you dig a little deeper. Right. It seems like, you know, Anakin is such an important part of his plan. In reality, it's just any powerful force user. Definitely. <clears throat> um, but yeah, you know, that's, that's super interesting. So, so let me ask you this. Okay. Um, obviously the whole point of this whole thing is that Palpatine was looking for the most powerful person to be by his side. Okay. Do you think that, you know, his search to replace Vader is kind of similar to that of when he killed his master, Darth Plagueis. And do you think that was, him trying to, you know, search for that power. Um, like in what term? Sorry, I was just a, a little confused. Like, sorry, can you like rephrase a little bit? I was just a little confused. Yeah, so obviously, sorry, but... you know, Palpatine killed his master. Yeah. Okay. That was him trying to get rid of him to replace himself in that power position. Yeah. So are you asking if he wants someone to eventually replace him? Yes. See, I I don't think so. I think if you – sorry, I just got to think about it for a second. I think one of Plagueis's main mistakes was, you know, Plagueis wanted to live forever. He wanted to find out the secret of life and the secret to immortality. Um, unfortunately, that was his downfall because, like Palpatine told Anakin – Plagueis taught him everything he knew. Obviously, then he killed him in his sleep. So I think that's where Plagueis's big downfall was, and I don't. I think Palpatine learns from that. And if you read the comics and you you look at all these stories, Palpatine is very almost almost anxious. Like he he always questions um, people whether that are you going to betray me? Um, why are you asking so many questions? Why are you doing this? Doing that? Um, so he's definitely on edge thinking that, you know, 
if Palpatine could kill Plagueis, any of his, um, any of his uh, apprentices could kill him too. I know he does it with Dooku a couple times in the Clone Wars, thinking that he's going to betray him. He does it with Vader many times throughout the comics. So I think Palpatine knows not to teach Vader every single thing. Um, in in the comic that I talked about in the story, Palpatine tells Vader, "It's your stop asking these questions. It's your job to learn. It's it's my job to it, it's your job for to learn everything that I have to teach. It's my job to learn everything that there is to teach." And I thought that was a powerful line because even if he learned all that he could, I don't think he'd teach Vader all that because then what? What point would there? What point would Vader have to be someone's servant rather than the master? If that makes sense. Right. No, hundred percent, man. Um, you know, on, speaking of that topic, you know, it's it's really interesting looking at the relationship between Anakin and Palpatine, mm-hmm. um, especially in the prequels and throughout Clone Wars. Like, um, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, Anakin seems like his right hand man, like that he's important to his plan, um, and that you know all this revolves around him. Um, and it's, it's really interesting because that kind of goes against obviously the, the Jedi way, right? They don't like to form attachments. They don't like to use uh, emotion and compassion and those sort of things um, when they're making decisions or when they're fighting. Um, and basically it's really, really interesting looking at the deception that Palpatine was able to, to use to, I guess, more or less create, create Vader. Um, and it, it's kind of cool just looking at, again, that relationship. Definitely. If you look in, I think it's most prominent in Revenge of the Sith, where it's very obvious that nobody trusts uh, the Chancellor except for Anakin. And, you know, obviously people on the outside, if they're willing to keep him in power, because he obviously, he is a good leader. Um, but it, it was pretty clear that the Jedi Council didn't trust him because they could sense something. Obviously, the dark side clouds their vision, but they they knew something was up. They knew something was sketchy about the Chancellor and Anakin. Having had Palpatine as his mentor, you know, from the second he got to Coruscant, for the most part, he had this relationship built with him for many many years. So I think when the council realizes, you know, something's, something's up about this guy. And then Anakin, Anakin almost sees that as the Jedi turning their back on someone that's innocent. And when you talk about the relationship between Palpatine and Anakin, it really, you know, Palpatine, if you look at it, really doesn't care about Anakin. He does because he wants Anakin to further Palpatine's vision. But, you know, he wanted to do that with Darth Maul, who know, possibly he could have done it with Dooku, but I think Dooku was just a replacement for Maul and a placeholder for for Anakin. But it was clear throughout the movies, throughout the prequels, that Palpatine's just telling Anakin what he wants to hear. Anakin comes to him when he's distressed. He obviously trusts him, and that's what he uses in his favor to gain his to you know com- continue gaining his trust and slowly turn him from the council and just from the ways of the Jedi. So, so in your opinion, why do you think it was so easy um, for Anakin to get attached to Palpatine? And, uh, and it was easy for Palpatine to be able to, you know, convince uh, Anakin that, you know, he's innocent, that his 
his intentions were, you know, in a good place and those sort of things. You know, I don't know. I think one of the main things is because he came to the Jedi Order at such a young age. Remember, he came when he was, I think he was nine years old when he first came. So he already had these attachments to his mother. Um, he already was pretty much a fully formed human being, like, uh, like if that makes sense. He, al he already had learned all of these emotions, and then you bring him to the Jedi Order, and they almost have to train him not to use everything that he's had, like compassion, love, all these things that you're born with as a human. They, they affect everything in our lives, and for them to try to you know, not use those emotions, that could be a big reason why you know, Palpatine, on the other hand, is sitting there almost understanding where Anakin comes from because Anakin can't tell Obi-Wan, the council, he can't tell all the all of his real mentors and leaders about what he's doing. They don't know he's married to Padme. Um, I don't even know if they know that he killed the Tusken Raiders. So he, Palpatine's that one person with a lot of power outside the Jedi Order that Anakin can talk to and get good advice from, but he just doesn't know that that's, that's what Palpatine's grooming him for, just to be by his side. Right, and I, I definitely think it has something to do um, as well with the fact that he kind of seemed like a father figure to him. Yeah, and he um, never and had I, one. He, he had never had that before. So and I think that alone, too, was kind of confusing him um, on who to trust, really, because he knew he needed to trust the Jedi Council. But then this this man was giving giving him guidance and trying to groom him, um, and I get, it goes against human emotion and human you know action to not trust that. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's funny that you bring up a father figure when uh, not a lot of people know, but I know it's it's uh, prevalent in the comics that Anakin's the chosen one, and he was born to be the chosen one. And you look at the history between Palpatine and Anakin. Palpatine, when you when you say he's a father figure, Palpatine literally made Anakin. Um, you know, he influenced the midichlorians inside Shmi Skywalker and made a baby. And he made that specifically for his taking. So I think it was really interesting that, you know, it was almost like, it's almost like the story of Mary. Obviously, uh, Jesus and Mary, it's clearly... You know, Jesus was made to be our beacon of hope and light, but Anakin was almost what made the complete opposite, um, just made for Palpatine's use so he could gain complete power. So it is really interesting, the fact that you bring up the father figure. Right. So speaking of speaking of fathers, um, obviously uh, in Return of the Jedi, <clears throat> Vader goes back and what we thought kills Palpatine at the time mm -hmm. to save his son and to save his son from having to kill him. Um, so do you think that in that moment, when Palpatine was not really able to convince uh, Luke to join his side and replace his father at his side, do you think that ended up being Palpatine's biggest failure and that it eventually led to his downfall and rise of Skywalker? Um, that's a really good question. Um I don't, th in a way, I think that's his biggest downfall. If you take a step back and look at kind of the bigger picture of it, I think his biggest downfall was not completely killing Anakin Skywalker. And him, ki I mean that in a way, 
Anakin, Darth Vader killed Anakin. He ceased to be Anakin Skywalker and became Darth Vader. That was Palpatine's plan. He gave him the name Darth Vader um, as a symbol of power. Um, but I think Palpatine's biggest failure was not draining all of Anakin Skywalker out of Vader. Because you look at Palpatine, you can tell he's an evil character. There's nothing, there's nothing that ever makes you think different. And then you see... Vader, you see Luke, you see Padme, they see the good in him. They all say that there's still light in him. Um, and it's just really cool because they sense that and they can tell. Um, but you never once hear someone say, uh, say about Palpatine, I, you know, there's still good in him. So throughout his whole time as Darth Vader, you still get these little inklings of Anakin Skywalker. You you read the comics and he thinks about Padme. He thinks about Obi Wan. He thinks about the the mistake he made, all the mistakes he made, and his failure on Mustafar fighting Obi Wan, um, and and eventually killing Padme in a way. So you see all of these things that show you that Anakin Skywalker is still alive, but and even the Emperor senses it. The Emperor knows that there are things eating away at Vader's soul. So I think if he would have been able to completely kill off Anakin Skywalker, get rid of him, Luke wouldn't have had, there really wouldn't have been a choice because yes, Darth Vader is his father, but at that point, if there really is no more Anakin Skywalker, then Darth Vader isn't your dad because Anakin Skywalker was and he's dead and now Darth Vader is here. So he really wouldn't have had I don't person this is my opinion. I don't think he would have had that attachment to him where he felt the need to save him still. If but he sensed the light in him and he knew that his father was still in there. So I think Palpatine's biggest failure was more on the side of Vader, not so much Luke. Right. I think it just goes to show how powerful of a Jedi Anakin really was. Yeah. Um in the light side that he was able to sort of go into hiding um, and, you know, not take the reins for years. Um, but then when the world needed it most, um, that that light side of him was able to project through and Anakin was almost reborn um, and justified himself and all the actions he had taken um, over the you know previous years. Definitely. Um, it's kind of comparable to Kylo Ren, is it not? Oh, yeah, very, very, because you, you have... Leia, and you know Han. Han doesn't. He's not a force force wielder, um, but Leia is. Leia always says, "You know, I I feel the good in him." Ray, favorite character, lover. She says many times that there's still good in in Ben Solo. So it, it's you know it's very possible, and you know that could be just you know the Skywalker blood. You know that it just was made for. Um, the light side, the Jedi, like that's what it was made for. Unfortunately, they also ended up being two of the greatest villains in Star Wars history, but their redemption saved two, tr two, uh, two trilogies. So it, it is really interesting and there are a lot of parallels. No, that's, that's fantastic. I completely agree. It's cool because, you know, Kylo and Vader and then Ben Solo and Anakin. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's it's just weird to think that they're that they're different people, but they're not at the same time. You know what'd be really interesting? You know how Marvel is doing that new animated show, What If, where they take a tiny um, little difference. Yeah, so I know the most recent one to come out is I think Sp 
it's Spider-Man. It's Tom Holland is something, but I know they were doing uh, Peter Quill as Black Panther, or or maybe T'Challa as Star Lord. I can't remember, but it's one tiny difference, and it shows how that story would play out. So I'd love to see something in that sense about Star Wars. I think that'd be really cool to see something like that. Right, like if you know if if Anakin wouldn't have killed Dooku um, with yeah. you know putting his head off when, you know, Palpatine's telling him to do it in, in that room. Um, speaking of Dooku. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so going back to, to the, to the main point, Palpatine was obsessed with power. Mm-hmm. Okay. So obviously there's the rule of two yeah. um, that the Sith follow. Okay. If Palpatine was really obsessed with power, would it not make more sense for him to gain as many powerful force wielding Sith as possible to fight for him. I think what it comes down to is Palpatine wants all the power for himself. And let's say you have, there's an argument for who, who's stronger Palpatine or Vader, Palpatine, Duca, all these things, but there's, it's another conversation saying, okay, well, who's, who's stronger Palpatine or Duku and Vader. So I think Palpatine needs to main it, it. He doesn't care. I don't think he cares about the Sith. He cares about him. He cares about him being immortal. Him always having the power. Um, so I think if he trained more, it would be very easy for his students to rise up and say, "Okay, well, why are we like I kind of said with Vader? Why are we going to be slaves to to Emperor Palpatine when we have the means to kill him?" And we can do this ourselves. So I think he needs to keep it just the two so he can maintain that power balance. Um, but going back to Dooku, I know you and me have talked about this recently. I, you know, he's clearly a very evil character too. But it is very, you know, when I was making this video, I really had to spend a good few minutes. When I was making the edits for the first part, I really had to spend a little time uh, editing the the scene where Vader, where Anakin kills Dooku and Dooku's sitting there on the ground and he hears his master tell this, this kid kill him with just that evil look on his face, that evil smile and Dooku's face. You can tell that in that moment, he feels so expendable. He feel he, he He's betrayed. Yeah. And that he, you could, you could just see it in his eyes because you never see Dooku. You don't, he doesn't feel remorse. It seems like he, it's almost like he doesn't feel the feelings that Jedi and that just regular people feel. But in that moment, you know, he knew that his life was about to end. But then there's this scene, there's the little clip where he looks up at Anakin. And I've never really noticed his face before, but he's just, you can tell that he's just hoping that Anakin doesn't kill him. And then, you know, Palpatine obviously, his famous line, do it. Anakin just slices his head right off. So that was a really that was a really powerful scene from three different ends because you have Dooku on that one on one side everything we just talked about you have Anakin with arguably one of the biggest um, crossroads down his path to the dark side because who knows if he wouldn't have killed Dooku um, and then you have Palpatine where it's it'd be interesting to see what would have happened if Anakin didn't kill him in that point on Palpatine's end, because let's say Dooku lives, they... He's something about it. Yeah, they rescue the Chancellor. Let's say they imprison Dooku. Dooku, 
you know, can easily say, hey, you got your Sith Lord right there. Right. And kind of like a get-out-of-jail-free card, but it, it is really interesting. Uh, definitely. Definitely. So, uh, was did you have any any other stuff to talk about, or... Uh, no, man, you know, I just, again, this is a really just interesting topic, um, and we could go on for this, Definitely. go on about this for hours, because there's so many things that could play into it, especially if you're talking about the what-if storyline. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, like, you can go back to when Anakin was, like, five years old and said, what if he wouldn't have, you know, done this? Yeah. Um, I, I completely agree, um, and, I, and I love to see how powerful Vader really was, that he wasn't able to... You know, let anyone surpass him and he didn't back down to anything he was able to beat those who were coming for him um and it just goes on to you know back up the fact why anakin slash vader is my favorite character definitely uh, he's just so strong and he's you know he's unbeatable almost and it, it, he's just awesome <laughs> no i agree definitely one of the most if not the most complex character in the star wars story um but i think you know i think that is it for today's show again you know thank you to everybody who watched the first show uh we know it was a bit longer so we tried to get this one a little bit more on the shorter side uh follow us on all our social media facebook instagram youtube twitter at carbonite combos um you can follow our our uh, personal accounts we'll have them in the have them in the description and everything and you know other than that um alec you want to finish this off if you have anything else i uh, think same thing just to reiterate that thank you guys for tuning in um, we'd love to get your opinions on anything we talked about, anything you want to talk about. Um, and we'd love to even, you know, you know, get on a phone call or anything and, and talk about this stuff. You know, we love it and we, we hope you guys love it too. Definitely. Definitely. Thanks, guys. Remember, the Force will be with you.